You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. Psalm 27, verse 2 to verse 6. When the wicked, even mine enemies. So it's this, look, this is the same thing. When I said, when, when they come in as a flood. You see this here. All right, my foes came up to eat my flesh. They stumbled and fell. Next verse. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, in this shall I be confident. One thing have I desired, not that the enemies will die. Do you get what I'm saying? But that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and set me upon a what? Rock. She just said, flesh and blood hath not revealed, but my father on this rock, that's the rock he sets you on. Now look at the next verse there of Revelation. Now my head shall be lifted above my enemies. Same thing was saying in Psalm 13. Round about me, therefore, what will I do? I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing what? Praises unto him. Same thing David said. I waited patiently for the Lord. He heard my cry and inclined unto me. He brought my feet out of the miracle and set it upon this rock to stay. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise. Many shall see it and do what? Fear. Which means as I begin to praise, the effect of it is going to bring fear upon people. That's, that's the order of God. All right? Now, we don't follow the protocol where we just say, God, God, I'm telling you, hey, God, God, God. Right? When there was the earth, was that form of void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. God, what did God say? Let there be what? Light. Then after light, he said, let's start. So let me show you, all right? Where, this is where the struggle is now. Get into it now. This what he is waiting for. Because God reveals and he is saying, I'm not slack concerning my promise. He has promised you. He is saying something to you. But he says, I am not slack. I want to show you a secret. Something that you, listen to me. I want to show you. Something that should, I know what I'm saying, will make you feel guilty if you don't spend at least five minutes twice a day worshiping God. All we say is five minutes. You hear what I said? You eat food for more than five minutes. Just to eat food. Not talk about cooking the food. Now, God is just saying, 15 minutes, give me this time. And this is what we're going to do in this fast. Uh, start. You know this fast, though, Monday. Uh, you have forgotten. <laughs> And I read that testimony to you so you will know where we are going. Okay? All right? So, this is what I want you to understand. Because some say, like in 2 Peter 3, 9, that God is slack concerning his promise. God is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. But is long-suffering towards us, which means he's the one that is putting up with disobedience. He is the one that is putting up that like you guys, my eyes are going to and fro. 
I'm trying to find where you are the ones hindering me. He says, my, he says who, which divorce am I settling that I sold you as, as payment for this? He said, where? Where did you hear me that? He says, I'm not slack. We are the ones that are hindering God. In other words, we, are, we have, all right, habits, patterns, or behavior that, all right, restrains and restricts the Spirit of God from moving. We create atmospheres around ourselves that hinders the flow of the Spirit. He says, and we're trying to get you. I said, but when I pray, I pray. He says, I fast, I fast. He said, it's more than that. Didn't you tell them in Isaiah 58, why have we fasted and you've not heard? He said, in the day of your fast, can you see the way you talk to people? Can you see how you talk down on people? Can you see the strife? Can you see you ignore every single person that you can help? Can, can you see the oppressiveness in your behavior? He said, look, that's a problem. Now, someone said this here. It's not that. Hear what happened. Jonah chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. I always use this scripture. All right, it says, My soul fainted. Within me I remembered the Lord. My prayer came in unto thy temple. And then it says, They that observe, lying what vanities, shall forsake their own mercy. It tells us, let us come up to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. So you come up in prayer in his mercy. He shows you what he wants to do. And then he says, you go down after hearing from God, and then you begin to observe lying vanities. You go down just like Abraham after the promise. You begin to consider the deadness. Say you are considering, start fixing your eyes on the wrong stuff. He says, but instead of doing that, Abraham strengthened himself in the faith by giving glory to God. Look at what Jonah did next. He said, but I will sacrifice with a voice. I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. What I'm going to do is that I will pay my vows. Now, let's now go back to Psalm 22 and verse 3 that says God inhabits the praises of his people Israel. Now, let's start from the beginning and get the context in which this was said. Hear what the psalmist said. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The word forsaken means to abandon. Why am I left abandoned? Why have you forsaken me, abandoned, and left me alone? That's what the psalmist was saying. Why are thou, why are thou so far? Why are you so far? Why is it taking so much time? Why are you so far from helping me? From the words of my roaring. In other words, I've been praying. Why are you so far? Next verse. Oh my God, I cry. This person was praying. I cry in the daytime, thou hearest not. And in the night season, I am not silent. But you haven't heard. And then the psalmist said, I get it. God inhabits the word, praises of his people. That, listen, where there's no praise, God is distant. Do you get what I'm saying here? It says, they that observe lying vanities will forsake their own mercy. All right? In other words, people that are going to get that quick response from God, these are people that don't murmur, they don't complain. These are people that praise. These are worshipers. These are people that offer the sacrifice of praise. In other words, it's sacrificial. They understand that, look, if things are going to change, 
Look at what it says in Isaiah 49. Same thing, verse 8, all right, to verse 16. Isaiah 49. Thus hear the Lord, in an acceptable time I've heard thee. In the day of salvation I have helped thee. And I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause desolate places to be inherited. Next verse. That thou mayest say to prisoners, go forth. Listen, once you understand this secret, you will tell prisoners, people that are confined, you will tell them that this is where the problem is. I am telling you, get anybody, sit them down and teach them this, they will get out. Let me repeat, sit down. Yeah, they are praying that they are fasting, not getting results. They tell them that those doors are open. You are saying that, well, I've been in this situation for so long. The door is open. You are not in prison. The question is, there is no praise coming out. There is no structured praise in your life. You are not there. You are not a habitual praiser. We go into the life, there is nothing. You go three weeks, four weeks. I mean, okay, you come to church and praise. But you don't understand the power there of worship or praise. David set up his tabernacle and said, every time, every day, twice a day, morning and evening, praise must go up to God. He structured, all right, structured it. Morning and evening, there must be praise. So he says this here. Now let's go on here. It says, and to them in darkness show yourselves. You will feed in the ways their pastures shall be in the high place of the earth. Next verse. They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor sun smite them. For he that had mercy upon them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. Verse 11. And I will make all my mountains away, and the highways shall be exalted. Verse 12. Behold, this shall come from far, low, from the north, from the west, from the land of Sinai. Verse 13. Sing. It says, look at what I want to do. Sing. O heavens, be joyful, O earth, break forth. In other words, the breakthrough is to break forth into singing. O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and have mercy on his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord has what? Forsaken me. It is praise that causes, without praise, you will seem forsaken. Do you get what I'm saying? Without praise, you will seem forsaken. That's why he said, God, why have you not heard? He says, God said, I inhabit the praises of my people. That's why he starts out by saying if there's stagnancy in your life, the first thing you should turn to first as the first key to open up the door is praise. Single, barren, that did not be here. If there's no fruitfulness, it says begin to sing. It says start singing. It says break forth into singing. Then it says lengthen your cords. Isaiah 54. It says lengthen. Next verse. It says enlarge the place of your tent. It's going to come by praise. That's what he's telling but people are waiting for God to do something and they refuse to praise. Listen what I'm telling you here. Let me say this here. Many people will not praise God until they relocate. <laughs> and that's why the country is so hard. Now, let me tell you why some people, when they relocate, they, they say, oh, things are. Because when they get there and there's light 24 hours, they say, praise God. <laughs> so they start praising them. Do you get what I'm saying? But in the environment, I can't praise. But it is not the environment that brings true praise. It says, the light of the eyes causes the heart to rejoice. What he's looking for are worshippers in spirit and in truth, not worshippers with convenience. Not worshippers that are acknowledging what he has done on the earth. Now, that's what he's looking for people that will take truth to him. Revelation. He says that's where the thing is going to pour out of. All right? So, look at this here. 
It says, but Zion said, and they stopped that. So what does Satan want to do? Satan wants to stop. All right, praise and rejoicing. And the only technique he has to stop it is to cause you to consider what is going on on the outside. Let me repeat, the only thing, he understands the power of it. He says, how will I get you? I'll get you depressed. I will, I will get you to start considering the condition and then start thinking and thinking about it and thinking and then you get weighed down and there's heaviness concerning it. How was God's method? He said, pray for light because the only way we can get you into that place of praise is that we give you light. And if you keep praying for that light and you keep feeding on that light, that praise will not cease from your heart. And if that praise doesn't cease from your heart, manifestations will not cease. Now, let me close by showing you this. So it tells us in Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 4, Arise and shine, for thy light has what? Come. That arise there is get up and start praising me because your light has come. And the glory of the Lord shall be risen upon thee. For darkness shall cover the earth. If only we just understand this. You arise with the light, not with what is going on on the outside. Do you get what I'm saying? It says, gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Let me tell you this. The way we have people leave the country, under normal circumstances. Let me tell you. It should be hard to believe God that you will even have a big church after some time, if young people come to your church. I asked the church in, in Manchester, I said, so how is it going? She said, four to five people come into the church every week from Nigeria, from Covenant Nation. Four to five, Manchester alone. <laughs> when she told me, I said, Manchester alone. Four to five. I said, four to five people come. Four to five. When I went to Canada, the photographer of Lekki um, was taking photograph two weeks ago. <laughs> You are here. It's now the photographer of Toronto Church. <laughs> now, under normal circumstances, you have to read the word to keep the vision of a big church. Do you get what I'm saying? So, you have to find the light that says that you keep increasing. So, and the revelation tells you that the more they leave, more people comes. So that when you hear they leave, you rejoice. Not that you are sad. That was happening. You get what I'm saying? Because as it is, even anybody looking at you now, you don't know what is happening. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me. The way you are looking at me, it's like, it's like, when you go out there, I'll tell you. I went to preach to someone's church. Someone came with word of knowledge. How many people want visas here? Only three were left. The whole church. <laughs> I said, oh, your labor has gone. <laughs> All right, so arise and shine. All right, I see, we can, we can finish that. For darkness will arise, and his glory shall be upon thee. Verse 3. Gentiles shall come to thy word light, and kings to the brightness of your word rising. Next verse. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They gather themselves together and they come to thee. Thy son shall come from afar and thy daughter shall be now. Now, it says they're coming. Now, but, but, but it's praise. Because if you look at Isaiah 49 verse 18, that's the same thing he's saying there. He's saying, lift up your eyes round about and behold, all these gather together and do what? Come. You see, it's the same thing he's saying here. 
Now, but what did he say before this? Go to verse 15 of Isaiah 59, 49 here. It says, all right, verse 14. It says, Can, but Zion said, the Lord has done what? Forsaken me. But he says, lift up. But what he told him was that sing praise, which means arise. I've given you light. Arise in that light. Gentiles will begin to come to your light. Why is this so? Because the gates into your life, I want to show you, is praise. And once that gate is shut, nothing is coming in. Let's go on that Isaiah 60 here. Go to verse 5. Look at what it says here. Thou shalt see and flow together. Thy heart shall be enlarged. All right? And your heart shall fear, will be in awe and be enlarged because of the abundance of the seed that shall be converted unto thee and the force of the Gentiles that shall come unto thee. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. And it talks about this. You shall bring gold, incense. Verse 7, because of time. It says, flocks of Kedah shall be gathered together and rams and they shall all come to my altar. Verse 8, it says, who are these that fly as a cloud, doves to their widows? Windows. Verse 9, surely the isles shall wait for me, the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from afar, their silver, their gold, and all of that. Verse 10, it says, and sons of strangers shall build thy worlds, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor I've had mercy upon thee. Now look how it says, therefore thy gates shall be open continually. In other words, you have gates. Their gate, gate means a point of entry. You have a point at which things enter into your life. And those gates have to be open continually. If they are shut, and you don't even know what they are, and they are shut, that's why God told them in Psalm 81, he said, open your mouth wide, and I will do what? Feel it. And it says this was, I'm God, I God, I brought the Lord. Open your mouth wide. What was it? Verse 1. Look at what it says in verse 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. He says, sing aloud. That's how you open your mouth wide. So let's go back to Isaiah. What we're saying there. Your gates. Therefore your gates shall be open continually, and they shall not be shut day and night, that men may do what? Bring unto thee the force of the Gentiles, and their kings may be brought. So he's saying this. That's why he says, arise and shine. So Gentiles will come to your light. Kings. Now verse 18 tells us, because of time, what the gates are. It says, violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasted and destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy world salvation and thy gates what? Praise. Praise mustn't be short. Continually. That's why it says the sacrifice of praise what? Continually. Continually. That's why, I mean, say it again, Pastor, the asked, I asked him that time. I said, 100%, how do you pray? He said, just take it that my secret to prayer is 95% of my prayer is thanksgiving. Because if the gates are not open, nothing is coming. That's the gate. So Satan wants to shut it. And how does he want to shut it? Look on the outside to the way things are. And then you say, God, you are forsaking me. And not knowing that you have to praise to cause him to inhabit. Do you get what I'm saying? That's why sad people can't be progressive. You can't get your, you can't be, you can't be saying something about, you know, we are, we are sad here. Uh, look, Psalm 45, verse 15. It says, they shall be brought in. How will they be brought in? Psalm 45, 15. It says, with, with what? And with gladness and rejoicings, they shall be what? Brought. That's how things come. Where there's gladness, where there's rejoicing. And let me just close by saying something here. When the promise is about to manifest in your life, 
things will get hotter on the outside. And what Satan is trying to do is to cause you to close your mouth and not pray it. Look, let's look at Acts 7 verse 17. Things will get hotter on the outside. It says, but when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn unto Abraham, and the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, what happened? Till another king arose, which knew not Joseph. So what happened? The same dealt in a subtle manner with her kindred. Evil entreated your father so that they cast out their young to the end that they might leave. not leave. In other words, something terrible. They began to deal in a certain way. Uh, wickedness. People start treating you in a certain way. That means that the promise. And now what Satan is trying to do with that is let me close these gates. Let me get this person into murmuring and complaining. Let's shut down. All right, the entry point into the life of that person. Luke 6, verse 22 and 23. That's why it tells us that when men speak evil of you, blessed are you when men shall hate you. Blessed are you. That's what Jesus said. When they shall separate you from their company, they shall reproach you, cast your name out as evil for the Son of Man's sake. He said, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Why is he saying that? Open the gates. For your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner did there fathers unto who? The prophets. So let me close by showing you something about the prophets in James 5 verse 8 to 11 to show you this. Be ye patient, establish your heart for the coming of the Lord draweth near. How is he coming? Grudge not one against another brethren lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. He's at the door. Open it. It says this, take it, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and affliction and of patience. We count them happy which endure. You've heard the patience of Job. And you have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord was pitiful. Psalm 24, verse 7 and 8. So he says this. Because the Lord is at the door. Lift up your head, O ye gates. Be ye lift up ye everlasting doors. And let the king of glory come in. Open those gates. Let Jesus come in. Do you get what I'm saying? And when are you to open up the gates? You have to open up the gates continuously. And when the pressure comes on, that's when the praise should be the strongest. Because that means that the promise that you're waiting for is about to happen. So Satan says, let's lock it. He that regards the cloud will not reap. Let's lock it. The pressure, they deal with you in a subtle way. They treat you in a bad way. They do the, I, God is about to do something. Ah, they skipped me. I've, I put so much into work in that office. And they skipped me promotion and all of this. And did that. God is up to something. All right? What you should do is open up your mouth and begin to give him praise. And the gates will be opened up. And then you massive things begin to and do it continually. And the only way you can do this is by structuring within. Pentecostals are the only bunch of religious people that don't practice discipline in terms of how they relate to their faith. They say it's a flow. Every other person has a discipline. We say that's the law. Are you, you understand me? Everybody has. They know when they pray, when they don't pray. Structure it twice a day so that your gates are open in the morning and your gates are open at night. All right, open it. You are opening up the gates. It's into your own life. You're opening up the gates into have no grudge against anybody. Anybody treats you anyway. They say anything. Look, my friend, God is bringing something to you. Something is coming. They show me anywhere in the Bible that anybody brought. There was famine before there was distinction. 
there was something went wrong on the outside. And then these people opened up their heart uh, to God there. It says, that's why it says, harden not your heart in the day of provocation. And as you open up your heart to him. So when it's about to happen, say, can you imagine? After I confessed, confessed, and did everything. Look at what happened to me. Open it up. And you're coming. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I... Declaring so the lives of every single person under the sound of my voice. Where those gates have been closed. Because of something that has happened in the past. Or on a prayer that has been repeated that has seems to have gone unanswered. And because of this consideration for things on the outside. The praise has stopped going up to heaven. I declare that no promise that God has given to you shall be lost. And that gate is now reopened this morning in the name of Jesus. Any foul spirit of heaviness, I command in the name of Jesus, you depart out of the heart. And you turn that person loose this moment in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let us rise to our feet just for a minute, just start thanking God and open up the gates. Say, Lord, whatever promise it is, just begin to thank Him. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I open up my life. The gates are opened up now and they shall be opened up continually. The gates are opened up now. Just start thanking Him, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. Praise Him, praise Him. Things you are believing for, that you are confessing for. All right, just open up the gates. Open up the gates. If something went wrong badly, just go and thank him for that thing because it's a sign. It's a sign. It's the cloud that has come with great rain. The judge is at the door. Grudge not against anybody. Hold nothing against anybody. Every single person is working together for your own good. Thank him. Praise him. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This podcast is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.